0: Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We're live with another episode and this week we are looking at the BAFA week one review and week two preview, I had to get the words right then. Joined by Alan Mead of the Manchester Tysons, how are we doing today? Good, thanks for having me. We've got Lewis back in for the from the Exeter Falcons, how are we doing?
1: Yeah, very well. Nice to be playing football again.
0: And a last-minute addition roped in by Rudy. We've got Rob Bray. How are we doing?
2: Yeah, dragged in, dragged in. Uh, Eels and everything. But, uh, yeah, doing good, doing good.
0: So, unfortunately, we haven't got the SEC coverage. Jed's had to drop out at the last minute. Uh, We are trying to find other people to cover SEC. So, if anybody wants to step in as well, it may not be every week, but you can do it as many as you can. NEC East, it, NEC East is one of those ones I'm struggling to get anybody to do. This this was me messaging Rudy, who messaged half of the NEC East, and Rob well, bravely stepped in. Just <laughs> whether he comes back for the second week, I'm not too sure Yeah, That's, that well, that's,
2: that's yeah. will we'll gauge by the end of this as to how um, useful or not. So we'll uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes up.
0: But let's go round round the divisions. We're going to start off with Alan. NEC West. Any any big results from week one that took you by surprise, or any big scorelines?
3: Uh, there was a couple of fifty point games, um, and I think they were a bit more surprising than I than we were anticipating. We we, we didn't the because the, the first matchup was a big matchup, obviously. Crows versus Titans is always a big game, you know, Battle of Manchester, big rivalry. They're always pretty, pretty close, pretty high scoring games. And this one didn't disappoint. And Crows had it in the bag pretty much with, we're halfway through the second half and they're up 20 to six on us. And um, we, we came back in the last quarter of the game to win it 31-20 overall um, through some outstanding defense. And... Couple of missed tackles here and there on offense so it was a it's a real back and uh it wasn't a back and forth game by any stretch of the imagination it was completely one-sided one you know for three quarters of it and then we just sneaked it at the end um but we were a bit surprised in the next game because the crows obviously then took out their vengeance on the wigan bandits and put 50 points up on them so uh wigan were, were in a bit shell-shocked uh after how well the crows came out and played against them and Um, They then uh, kind of capitulated in in the final game against us as well. And we also put 50 points on them. But we were expecting Wigan to be a lot more competitive when we played them in the Pie Bowl end of 2019. They looked pretty good. They'd they'd recruited quite well. Um, But then uh, Wigan being Wigan had another split. Um, There's another, another team offshoot from there. It's now the Renegades playing up there which is obviously going to drain the talent pool a little bit. Um, hopefully, you know, all the teams will be able to compete and they'll have enough numbers and, and do well. But uh, they, um, they they got off to a bit of an inauspicious start first week.
0: I mean, we we said before, right, it's one of those difficult ones. Where, when we were doing the predictions for week one, you know, like, like you just said there, the Bandits were quite good when you last saw them, which was 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as you can tell, a lot can happen in two years. It's a case of you trying to predict the results of what's going to happen in the upcoming games and teams against you haven't seen for quite a while. And then, so hopefully, we'll get a few more accurate predictions and the score lines will start to settle themselves out. Uh, Lewis, any big games for you last
1: week? Oh, man, the SWC was a plethora of big games, shock, surprises. Um, I think the biggest surprise to have come out of the SWC in week one was that the reigning Div 1 national champions came away with two losses on the day. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, I know the Supers were uh, without their starting quarterback. Uh, Matt Keyes was unavailable and their starting free safety. Um, Jacob Matthews was unavailable. And, but they uh, they put out some... Some valiant performances, and I think, I think um, they only
3: played with three players that time Because they,
1: uh... <laughs> i th- I think from all from all reports they've they 've recruited fairly well it 's just a, a case of um, of of getting all of the players to the same place at the same time uh, so yeah like, like i say they've they 've managed to increase their numbers a little bit, but they 've dropped off in other areas which have meant they 've still only turned up with five or six players on the day um but yeah i think they missed um they missed jacob and they missed uh matt keys um which has uh, led for some surprising uh scorelines and i don't think for a minute that they that those scorelines are going to be you know tell the story of the super season to come i think they'll quickly get back on track when they uh, get back to full strength but yeah uh, i mean good uh, all 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 power to the um cheltenham neptunes uh new new guys to the SWC who managed to put up 48 points on them um and and kind of run away with that game um uh and by all reports uh the supers actually put up a really close game against the Chichester sharks um and that that game ended 35-31 i believe the supers were actually ahead um by some margin by the in the in the first half um but couldn't keep it up A couple of other interesting scorelines to look out on the SWC. Uh, The Reading Devils, as they are now, um, and the Canesham Kings. Canesham being another new team to the SWC. Reading had just put 51 points to zip on uh, on the other new guys, Berkshire Renegades, uh, who obviously they know quite well. They share a training ground. Uh, Reading coming from the University Berkshire uh, uh, adult um, contact team. Uh, expansion, um, so uh, not the best of starts, not the easiest of starts for Berkshire, but then in the following game, um, yeah, kinsham managed to go blow for blow with them, 26-22 uh, that ended to Reading, so uh, fair play to, to Keynesham for, you know, really going and and fighting above their, uh, what many might have thought was above their, their weight. Um, and sticking with Reddin who have been uh by by all predictions, you know, in the conversation for taking the division. Um and uh, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Falcon bowl. So two Falcons teams uh went head to head on game day one. I was very pleased to get that out of the way early. Um and that, that ended twenty one eighteen um and and basically ended up being an extra point and a sack safety was the difference. So yeah there was
3: how was it playing in a, a game like that? Because obviously next week we're gonna, uh, next next game day we're going to be playing against our B team. This weird man. Yeah, it's so we, weird. We, we had a scrimmage against them last night, and it was it was blow for blow. It really was. It was yeah. because you know they know our playbook, we know their playbook, we know what plays exactly like, what to run, we do. know the, the players. It's 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 going to be weird actually playing against them on a game day.
1: My my script and my plan for any game was out the window. I mean, I've got in the playbook, I've got two or three plays that I like to go to on my first drive. You know, I script those first couple of plays, just, you know, get my back, that went out the window and I was, I, you know, doubting. like second guessing myself and just go all right, go up to the line of scrimmage and think, uh, okay, we're not going to run that play because they'll expect us to run that play. So we're going to run this play because they'll never see that coming on first down. Uh, I, I, I threw one pick on the day and that was, they knew exactly what our extra point play was. I don't know why I called it. Uh, but yeah, we, we, ran our, we ran our go-to XP play um, and and Paul Paul Hindle picked it off, um, so obviously he did because yeah, he's been there. So yeah, it is weird, um, and and you'll you'll second guess yourself and you'll think, will they see this come in? And um, and yeah, it'll it'll test your your game planning for sure. It was a good game. It was a really good game that we we went blow for blow. It ended up being one extra point, and a, and a sack safety was the difference. Yeah.
0: I mean, a question, question for both of you in this one, with having like two, a split team on this one, do you go for separate playbooks or do you have the same playbook?
3: Well, what we've done is we've got a simplified version of our playbook for the B team, guys, which is similar to what I use with the, the women's team as well. So whereas we'll use like Playmaker and there'll be, the play will actually be drawn up with colour coding and everything like that. With the Prem team... Uh, it's a bit more complicated. We we will literally have a play, num, a play name written there. And for the first 10 plays, the players need to know exactly what everyone's doing on that play. The rest of them have the routes listed on there for them. So they'll know what they're doing. So we've got a more expansive playbook with the Prem team. It's more of a cut down playbook with the B team, but um, you know, with flipping plays and changing formation, they can still create mismatches and, and, and different looks that, you know, we're not going to anticipate as much.
1: I don't have that level of control. They do what they want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I very much um, have, a, you know, similar ideals on, on one day. Hopefully the, the Falcons will have a, a team in the Premiership and a team in, in Div 1 um, as well. Or, you know, maybe one day two teams in the Premiership. That would be That's the dream, right? Um, but for, for going forward, that's, how I would very much like to have the same playbook so that if we do need people to play up and play down, then they can transition into that, that scheme really easily. But as, uh, as, as this is a, you know, one-off COVID year and, um, we're all playing in the same division, they've, uh, Try, I can say what I want, but they were always going to tweak some of the plays and, uh, you know, try out some of the more fun plays that they've come up with and 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 you know try and try and keep me on my toes and, and and our defense show us something different so that um you know we're not expecting it and fair play to them they have so they're using a similar but um, slightly different playbook.
3: That also raises the question you mentioned you'd like to have both teams in the Prem. I mean, is that the goal? Because for us, we wanted to have a developmental team, a a deliberate team in Div 1, which new guys could come into, and then the Prem team. And, and, you know, with Glasgow, with the Hornets and the Killer Bees, I think that was the plan. But then the Killer Bees got promoted. Now they're playing against the Hornets. And obviously this season they're playing against the Hornets anyway. So it makes a bit of a quandary really there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we've. I'm very much planning to, and this is all new ground to us and, and new possibilities. Um, a lot, but I'm very much planning to have like a, 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 um, a premiership team, you know, with the best of the best who can go blow for blow with the best teams in in the south, in particular, you know, your London Smokes and your Button Hookers and your Cardiff Hurricanes, um, and then like yourself, have a, a development team for you know rookies or less experienced players to get plenty of game time but truly the dream is to have if your your development team to also be
0: the best if you get a new guy coming in and you do have the div one team you can go welcome to flag football go go join division one and see how it all goes imagine being the new guy when you turn up on your first like game day you've had a couple of weeks practice and you go welcome to premiership football you've got I'm I'm trying to think of the, the Welsh like who's the ones you have in there. So you'd have th- teams like Cardiff, Hurricanes, you'd have the button hookers, the smoke, the the, the Hornets in Scotland mm-hmm. and Samurai and, and everything and the crows and the Titans, things like that you know I, I can see where both of you are coming from that one. My main my main concern was you're gonna turn up on the on the field and go, right, you know come up to line and go, right, we're gonna run play fourteen, and the entire defense looks at their playbook and goes, <laughs> I know that one.
3: That's good. This is where they
1: go. It is. So whilst whilst our playbook hasn't changed, um we largely um we would huddle anyway and, and we wouldn't shout out, but we have um sort of developed a numbering system for the for the risk coach and all the offensive players have a risk coach. So if we do need to go to a like a, a no huddle quick paced offense we can just be like you know get up to the get up to the line 4.3 4.3 um and everyone can just look and they know what they're doing and we can just rush into it
0: different playbook when you come against your other team then uh let's let's go to the nec east rob how, how was your this is your first game day in in flag football
2: was indeed um so yeah, perhaps not the in-depth analysis you're hoping for but we can we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can we'll do what we can uh, no it, I mean in terms of our game day itself um from what we had from there so we played both uh, both the vipers teams um uh, so it was up against green and orange um uh, vipers greens um but certainly uh, but, uh, the better team at that standard to be fair we seemed to hold off from uh, quite well during the first half so I mean they're only up seven zip uh, from the first half. Um, and I think we were in that mindset from the you know, second half, get it out of the way. We we seemed to be able, both be stopping each other close to the end zone. It was quite a log ahead throughout the whole of the first half. Um, and then just going into that second half when I came against Vipers Green was a case of they seemed to just get get rolling a bit. And a few of the plays that weren't working so well in the first half started to click. 14 became 21, and then it just built up a bit from there. It was, it was a little bit of a downhill from there. Um, but on the flip side of that, uh, going up against Vipers Orange, I thought actually execution-wise, everything certainly offensively went about as well as it could have done our side of the ball. Um, I think it was around 19-6 at the end of the first half in our favour. Um, and then we put up a couple of scores each, and I think it finished around 32-19 in the end. Um, so as far as we're concerned, that side, it's take a take a win out of that in the first half. We had what'll we'll settle for that. um few our guys in particular spreading touchdowns across. I think uh, uh, everyone, uh, well, bar myself, just to be, uh, be the one that's out here not scoring the touchdowns, but everyone, yeah, everyone else uh, <laughs> put up a touchdown on the board themselves. Um, good place defensively across the board, was, uh,
1: I envy anyone who can recall that amount of detail. I couldn't tell you what what the score was in the Falcon Bowl at halftime. I, I had to look at League Republic to know what the final score was.
2: Oh, that's it's all, all a blur.
1: It's all a blur to me
2: fantastic memory got built in but uh but but yeah it's i mean you know it's for the sake of first game day i think we'll take it i think it's gonna be one of those vipers green and uh are gonna be up there as one of the top one or two um to be uh, badly out for that top spot so i think we you know for us if we can be in that mix um anywhere close to those two top two i think that's that's going to be, uh, that's I think, our priority, I think, that just make sure we're not in the bottom half of the table, be as close up to that top as we can.
3: Yeah, when we were looking at the division, we were looking at the prem, former Prem sides uh, from last season, uh, being the Vipers Green and obviously the Samurai, uh, them, them, them being the best teams in that division. And like you say, if you can compete with them, then you're doing well. And I think you do raise your game when you're playing against better teams and better players as well.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. I've seen those guys and like when you're speaking about like Wigan Bandits yeah. earlier as well and seeing the differences, the gap between them and like another team down for like even just from Vipers Green to Vipers Orange, seeing the difference in how quick they are to jump on you when you when you do make a catching open play and all these little extra little bits in the field of play that you see. So yeah, there's, there is a clear step in competition. But yeah, it, again, just experiences for me personally but then with all the new guys for this season as well.
0: So, unfortunately, like I said, uh, we couldn't get Jed on the show. So that means that the SEC coverage, we're, we're going to have a quick look at it now. Um, the HNC and the Welsh Division didn't play. They won't play for another couple of weeks due to their guidelines. But having a look at the uh, the scores that, that came up here. That we, so uh, we were, I think we were at practice this day and I was looking at the scores as they were coming up on League Republic and to see the first score that came up as it first came up on the screen, it was London Smoke seventy, North Northants Phantoms nil, and Ooh. I mean, I, I looked at that scoreline and went, "That that's." I mean, I, the Phantoms were a Premiership team last season. They got relegated for this one, so they're, they're sort of like that middle tier sort of team. It then got updated. It was actually seventy six nil. I don't know if they just ran out of paper, like. The room on the paper to actually put the scores on
1: Missed the scores on the back
0: yeah please turn over for the rest of the scores
1: <laughs> i
0: mean it, the, the big score that's, that's the biggest score on that one i think the uh, the other phantoms game i'm trying i'm quickly going through this one here They they had a rough day they played the smoke and the button hookers <laughs> but so but they played the button hookers and they lost 35-7
3: that sounds respectable compared to the smoke game, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the smoke and the button hookers played, and this is normally like a a title game sort of thing. And the smoke came away with a win, 34-33. So that yeah, that that, that could be a. I, I don't know if they just ran out of scores on that one after the the phantoms game, and they're like, you know, we'll, we'll we'll tone it down for this one. But it was a bit more of a challenge for them.
3: But I mean, seventy six points. That that's. That's not only scoring a lot, but it's scoring fast as well. Because against Wigan, we put up 50. We scored on every possession. And, but you know, Charlie was obviously moving that ball up and down the field fast. And you know, when you get a few defensive scores in there as well. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's onto sheet two, isn't it? Or on the back. I mean, I've got the
0: uh, the stats for for the week one, a the stats leaders and things like that. And you do see the, the the smoke in there quite a bit, and you'll you'll see Charlie Williams scores on that one.
1: We there should was a couple use of this uh... opportunity to encourage everyone to use the stats because I know there's a couple of teams I'm looking at you, Chichester Sharks, um, <laughs> for not putting their stats on. Because I mean, like, the, I think probably the highest scoring game on the week was Chichester versus Cheltenham, which by all accounts I think was a reasonably close game at halftime. And then Chichester ran away with it in the second half, putting up 76 points. 98 points in total were scored in that game. It ended 76-22 to Chichester. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's at, at least, that's got to be close to 10 touchdowns, uh, assuming there's no defensive touchdowns in that game um, for, for Neil Henderson. Get your stats online.
3: I think they've got some of them on. I noticed uh, Alex Brown was on there, so I think they might have started to input some of them now. But like you say, the more teams they're getting them on, the, the the better idea, you know, we have for discussing things and, and, and how players are doing. And, you know, it makes uh, makes the old team of the week a lot easier, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I, so, I mean, I, w- I will say now that when it comes to team of the week, there is one that I think has been filled in wrong. In the fact that one, the, the, the quarterback also picked up 11 extra points. So I'm not too sure if they run a lot of like option plays on their extra points, but he, he did rack up a few of those ones. I mean, they, they had other scores where the London Rebels beat the Cowan Cougars, one of the newer teams. Um, another offshoot of the Cougars, 47-0. So there's a couple of uh, defensive shutouts for this one. If
3: it's we have a quick look at this flag. One, it, it, depends,
0: it depends on what side of the ball you play on this one, I think. As a quarterback, it's terrible. <laughs> So let's bring up the, uh, the divisions as they, as they stand at the moment. I'm gonna try and share this screen across now. And uh, we've got the NEC East. I don't know if everyone can see that one. Yeah. So you've got the Vipers green. You mentioned that they were, they had a great day, uh, plus 52 on, on their points difference so far, hundred percent record. same with the bears. 26 points uh, on on the difference. The Samurai uh, picking up a 22 point difference. I mean, it, it still seems fairly even when you look at the points difference on this one. You're going from 52 to minus 32. It's it's, it's not overly bad for a first game day.
3: Yeah, it looks really competitive, doesn't it?
0: Sue, so how else we've got now? Let's go NEC West.
3: So there was two other fixtures that were being played uh, at the same time, because obviously there's 10 teams in our conference. So Warrington um, had the Cogs and the Wirral Vikings and also Chorley Bucks were playing at their place. So Warrington, uh, again, former Prem team. They, they, they averaged 40 points a game. They won all three of their games comfortably, and um, they did really well. In the other fixture at Salford, there was two new teams, the Titans B and uh, the Salford Scorpions playing, and they also had the Oldham Owls and um, very encouraging for us our b team managed to get wins over the the scorpions and the owls uh, both close games actually and both very high scoring uh 34 40 and 32 27 so really really good games for them to win you don't often see the, the newer teams being able to hold on to those wins or come behind and, and win those close games it's usually the more experienced teams that, that know how to win out those games so it was really pleasing to see our b guys actually step up and do well and then
0: see you've got the revolution there with a with a plus 69 and their points difference other end of the table we've got wigan bandits with minus 74. i mean wigan again like i said a couple of years ago wigan were quite a decent squad i don't know if it's because of the split they've had that's kind of separated that too much we've got the swc plus 58 for the
1: sharks the sharks are really going to be the team to beat this year i think and and to be honest I, the way that they've recruited and the players they've picked up in in the off season that that offense i keep saying on every show that i'm on um that offense is ridiculous um and I would, I mean, even though I think technically when we go back to normal and we have a Prem division, I think they still have one, but I'm not sure how the SWC is going to shake out with the numbers we have. But I have no problem with them going to the Premiership and being able to hold their own as well. That offense is, I, 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 f- I would fully expect them to be able to have close, competitive, winnable games against, you know, Cardiff Hurricanes, your national champs. Like, I think they could hold their own. Mm
0: and then we have a quick look at the SEC that that's when you see a big points difference plus 129 for the smoke and plus 106 for the rebels By the end of the table minus 104 for the phantoms I, I mean obviously a big one for the smoke and the phantoms is their their 76 point game but it, it, i was say when you when you look at the top 3 teams based in london it does show that that for some reason london had just have this I mean, I think we talked about it before. They they do have a great hold on the fly football. Obviously, Cardiff are champions at the moment. But normally, when you go in there, you, you'll expect to see a London team in, in the finals or guaranteed in the top four.
1: Yeah.
3: I think, you know, London's got a massive catchment area. They're always going to have lots of people, lots of expat Americans, you know, throwing the ball around in Hyde Park so, yeah. and stuff, which is where half this stuff, you know, pretty much came from with, with the guys like the buttonhuckers. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's a great starting point for
1: them. What will be really interesting and it's it's annoying to some extent, but also, I guess, the anticipation builds that I think, as per usual, the SEC is probably going to be is probably going to come down to smoke rebels or button hookers um, and they don't meet until week six. So we've got a long wait before uh, before we see. I mean, that's going to be it's going to be that'll be the final week of the season, and wow. um, that'll be that'll be Championship weekend, won't it?
3: I, I think that's really uh, Lewis. I think that's really really good. Show <laughs> keep that excitement, build it up throughout the season. Everything to play for, final weekend, cracking job. Thanks, man. I'll, I'll
0: wait for the the Facebook notification. Game, your your game has been rescheduled for. For this week just so everyone can watch it. Yeah,
1: we're gonna flex it, we're gonna flex it to prime it, time. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a bit well the one I've been looking at for for this week. We've got if this works. That's the wrong one. There we go. See it's gone wrong already. There started on the last side then. Stats leaders for the for the uh, for the bit for the whole league so far. Charles Williams, twenty one passing touchdowns it's when he pulls up 76 points against one team Yeah, you're expecting that one the receiving touchdowns eight of them to uh Nick Roop on this again it is I think they've got a lot of decent players I think I'm trying to remember the the score sheet I don't know if if Lewis has got the stats up on this one to save me closing this one but the the receiving touchdowns top uh, players in this one for the across the whole division Oh, sorry across the whole league and i think smoke came up there in quite a few of them i can hear him clicking away so i hope you'll yeah, bring it up
1: i've got i'll be able to get them all uh, I just need to include them all i think you other
0: to like with with the gap between i think charles williams on 21 and i, th- I think the next one was i think was 11 touchdowns so he, the guys near enough doubled the other the, the other division
1: Uh, Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, Chichester have been updating their their stats. Sorry, Sharks. Um, Charlie's on 21, and Neil Henderson threw 15 touchdowns. And then it's Allen on 13. And uh, Sheffield Vipers' James Wedge, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right, um, with 11. So, yeah, he's got a good six-touchdown lead on on the next man.
0: I I apologise if if somebody who's now beaten somebody else in the in the scores in the stats doesn't appear in this one I've been, I've been filling this out through the week um brushing touchdowns we, we've had this discussion before is there a, a, a any room for a running back in flag football luke madden with three touchdowns would argue that there is I don't, I don't know if you guys come up against running backs very often robert have you seen much in in the first game day
2: um, to be fair, no. For the place we ended up being up against was against. As I say, it was just a pass game throughout. I don't think. I mean, we we certainly go for the odd run here and there out the backfield. Maybe if it's options here and there, but it's you know it's it's sort off situational. But yeah, nothing we particularly faced other than just, as I say, just strategic passing and well timed plays. To be fair,
0: Alan Lewis, do you ever see much of a running back option in your divisions?
3: yeah occasionally books like to use like a a actual two or one running back in the backfield um but um you know a lot of the running plays that we'll see will be like little jet sweeps or little reverses and end arounds that kind of stuff rather than actual running back in the backfield um Mm -hmm. you know and then you you get the odd run off a, a two qb Sometimes yeah, that's sometimes. what I was gonna say.
1: I think a lot of a lot of the you don't see so much of running back in the backfield as much. I mean, I think in the SWC probably we do it the most, um, but it's usually like um, you see almost almost always like a, a running back pass route rather than you know a handoff or a toss or a sweep or anything. Um, but yeah, a lot of the a lot of the yards and scores you'll see from a quote unquote running back are probably. Q, two QB option plays where he just takes off.
0: Yeah, uh, so I think it may be a, a Coventry thing then, because the the Panthers a few years ago had a lot of run it um, run pass option plays.
1: Honestly, yeah, right. I think it's a I think it's a, a youth um, a youth flag football thing because you see a lot of a lot of these youth teams have running backs and and they'll just hand it off and and make make them miss tackles, um, and then you get that that playbook will be the only playbook that they know when they bring it up to the senior game. So, you know, the the theory applies to Coventry Cougars, strong youth programme, Chorley Buccaneers, strong youth programme, and they'll bring those playbooks up with them.
0: Yeah. That's that's definitely a decent thought I'd ever really thought about that way. I mean, looking back at the Raccoons one, a lot of our players did play youth and junior flag, and, yeah, they are running backs at heart. So that's why I think we have
1: it. I certainly did it when I invented, um, when I started the the Falcons. Um, all I knew was the playbook that I had when I was playing Newport City Saints, Southwest Sh- Southwest Sharks. Um, so that's that was my basis. I soon got over it and realized that it's not, uh, you know, and developed different plays. And those were the running back plays that were the ones that we we had a a play way back at the beginning where we had three running backs. Um, almost like a, a wishbone kind of formation. Um, but yeah, it would soon ditch that. <laughs> Doesn't so I translate.
0: Used to, I used to love the wishbone running uh, offense and, and a five man flag. <laughs> it it definitely works against new teams. If you if you ever come up against one of the newest, the newest squads and, and you've got players you know it, put a wishbone in there and it's just seeing the the amazed look on the on the defense's face as they line up and go, I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, extra points. Three for Benjamin Ballard for the White Hellhounds. And this is what I said. I think the stats may be filled in slightly wrong. Uh, yeah, he he may have got eleven of the two point plays that they've they've
3: Yeah, he's thrown he's probably thrown
1: yeah. eleven of them. This, this is what I think has happened is, on yeah. that one. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, this is uh, something that may need to be looked at at some point. It's just a, a directional video on how to fill in stat sheets. We, I mean, we had one at OFL the other week um, and uh, somebody had put down 11 and 1 for the, for the QB. The QB was 11 and the receiver was number one for the entire, both teams. And that, that was it. Every single score was the same. And then when we looked at the roster sheet, there was no 11 and there was no 1 for either team. So I'm not too sure where they were looking. <laughs>
3: They're just copying the, uh, the pre-filled out bit on the example, are they?
0: It, it might have been, actually. Defensively, there you go, as I said. got a couple of on un- and three interceptions.
1: Uh, I think this has been updated because uh, uh, Shorty Brown of the Chichester Sharks got four. Mm-hmm.
0: See, there we go. This is what we need to fill in stat sheets instantly. No Sundays off to go and do whatever you feel like. Sundays is stat days. But so I okay, guess so.
1: You, you, I've also uh, yeah. Gareth Price has got three as well, so he should be included in your list. That's another Sharks player. Um, he so even in that list of um, you know tied for three interceptions on the day, uh, Gareth deserves it, to be included.
0: So I, I apologise to the people who aren't I've been in, in inducted into this team. Uh, we've got two smoke players with intercept with three interceptions. So. With, and, and Tyler Saunders taking back two of them. So there's another two scores in that 76 game. Five sacks. We've got two tied. We've got the, the White Hellhounds, Alan Hunt and Joe Dalton for the Cougars. I think Joe Dalton, this was actually one of his first game days. So not a bad start
3: for him. Aggressive, yeah.
0: Also picked up two safeties. Uh, Callum Twine of the Extra Falcons. He's picked up two safeties in this one.
1: Yeah, shout out to Callum, um, he's a rookie, he's not been with us very long, so uh, he had a very good day.
0: So, no, not bad game days for the rookies. Offensively, team of the week, again, so this this may be completely wrong depending on if the people have updated their stats, but Charles William, obvious choice on the, the QB for this one, 21 passing touchdowns, eight. Uh, Alan, you've got your Titans beat Warwick Heffer in there, five TDs, one rushing touchdown as well.
3: Yeah, he did great. That was his um, his first real real, real uh, run out as well. He'd been with us for uh, just over a season, but he didn't actually managed to play any of the games yet. So for him actually first league game, for him to uh, get six touchdowns, it was three in each game as well. So it was consistent. Ed, Ed McKenna of the Falcons
1: picking up six TDs. Yeah, I relied quite heavily on Ed
0: uh, as we mentioned before, Nick Group, who's was unofficially leading the uh, the receivers department, picking up eight TDs, and then from the Vipers Green, uh, Rob, you probably saw this guy a few times. Five TDs on.
2: Yeah, the him uh, uh, a couple of times make his way in there. Uh, to be fair, him and their QB connected on um, uh, quite a few spots to So So um, yeah, they uh, reluctantly they had their way in uh, in the first game.
0: Just a quick question, was, was Ollie Dyer on uh, Rudy's side of the field? Is that is that what we're going to blame it on?
2: It's, yeah, we'll, yeah, if we uh, we open the floodgates now and we'll just get all the excuses <laughs> in early doors, if we could, that would be uh, greatly appreciated.
1: I mean, so... I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give a, an honourable mention as well to um, Will Quigley, who I think has been, uh, again, sharks, so possibly not... Um, not there when you were, when you were putting this together. Um, but I mean, he had one hell of a day and I, I think, uh, on offense and defense, you know, he got an interception, which he took back. He got five receiving touchdowns. He was responsible for three, two point conversions. Um, and I don't think you'll find you'll be, you'll be hard pressed to find someone faster, um, and more difficult to tackle and more versatile than will.
0: Moving on to defense. Tyler Saunders, it got two interceptions. So th- this is another one where I'm not too sure on the the stats side when people fill it in. He got two interceptions. He got two pick sixes. I'm not too sure if it was two pick sixes and a sack, or if it was two interceptions and two pick sixes. So he, he may you may have did, had a better day than we're actually giving him credit for. Dan on the Titans, B three interceptions and a sack. It was the sack that the helping manage to get into the team of the week this time.
3: And that was all in one game
0: actually. See this is why we need more like the uh I I've been saying this for a while. We need like the live streaming of all the games and you want like the NFL red zone, you can just like jump from game to game. <laughs> Gareth Malaki of the Bears, three interceptions, one sack as well. And then at the front, Joe Dalton of the Cougars, five sacks, one safety, Alan Hunt for the Hellhounds with five sacks.
1: I'm I'm not sure how much Alan um blitzed in the second game. I I was busy refereeing so I wasn't didn't take much notice. But he only he sacked me twice in the first game. Um and that was on uh both in the first two drives. I think he only blitzed me for two drives. Um and then they were blitzing somebody else. So um that must have been three in, in, in one in that second game, um, and yeah, like I say, he only blitzed me for two drives, so Lord knows how many sacks he could have got um, if they'd continued to blitz him uh, as, as, the, as their sole blitzer throughout the game. He, he gave me some trouble, uh, and I think, and I, <laughs> I guess I can, now that, now that the game's over, I thank you, Isle of Wight, for uh, changing up your blitzer, because <laughs> he was a nuisance for me.
0: I mean that that's he's got a, so he's got a hundred percent record against you, and they they pull him out at that point. It's it's
3: was that the mercy rule? Or
1: I, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, so so yeah, it was, I think it was both on the on the first drive. Maybe he sat me twice in three plays, um, and then on the second drive, uh, I went. I just deep bombed it and and threw it up before he even got to me, and Ed caught it for a touchdown. Uh, length of the fields, kind of throw, um, and I think at that point they were like, maybe we should put this guy because he's he's tall as well. Like he's tall and he's fast. And I think at that point they were like, maybe we maybe he's better served in coverage. I don't know. I don't know what the decision making was behind it, but uh, I certainly had a, uh, a slightly more relaxed time of it when he stopped getting me.
0: I mean, looking at the other end of the of the stat sheets, I've got we've got interceptions thrown and a leader on this one don't worry Lewis. it's not you it's it's simon denning of the nottingham honey badgers he threw eight interceptions i'm trying to travel who he would have played against on that one
3: i think that was the uh nottingham bears and um i think that's why uh the bears defenders got so many picks on there um, and then we look at the other one, Lewis. You're
0: leading one of the the stat sheets on this one.
1: Am I the only one that's put in that I've been sacked?
0: Yep. Oh no, no. There's,
1: <laughs> one, oh, two, okay. three, four. Yeah.
0: there's six of you that have admitted to being okay. sacked. <laughs> I got
1: sacked. Yeah. I mean, I put this um, this sort of table together uh, around you know what stats to include and things, and I was I'm I was interested. I'd be interested to see how many people uh, will admit to putting in a stat sheet. How many interceptions they threw, and how many times they were sacked. So, uh, yeah, I respect your honesty, everyone who was uh, who's put those in.
0: I mean, so the, you, you're leading this one at the moment. You've been sacked five yeah. times.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think I faced some pretty tough blitzers uh, on the weekend. Like, say, um, Alan got me a couple of times on the first drive, uh, and and even our own uh, Patrick. Patrick Smith um, of the uh, Falcons green team is just an absolute nightmare. He's so fast. He's just ridiculously fast.
3: Well, it, it, Wigan I, were very generous and didn't bother blitzing me uh, uh, at all in, the, in their game. So it was, that was nice. Very considerate.
0: <laughs> I mean, so we, we saw a few teams uh, recently at the OFL games where they weren't blitzing at all. And it's something that, as a QB, I absolutely love the idea. Blitz us to start fifteen yards back and be <laughs> slowed down with weights. It, this is how I see it. But what, what what is the the reason for not blitzing on every? I understand every now and again, just sort of dropping back into coverage and things like that. Uh, but not blitzing on almost every single play. Do you see it a benefit in any way, or do do you see that? Well, as the as obvious chances?
1: answer is the obvious answer is you get uh, you get more men in coverage. You get more people in coverage, don't you? So. Um, you know, you might be able to if you're if you're running a, a, a man coverage scheme, for example, then you might be able to have double cover someone or you can just man up across the board and have uh, you know, a ball hawk deep safety at the back just to kind of sweep anything that gets beaten. So like there are advantages to it. Um and and I think there are some teams out there that you might be better served not blitzing because quarterbacks are not used to it. Um and and they can, you know, they they struggle with the reads, or the, you know, you give them too much time and too much choice, and they don't know what to do. Um, I mean, we we had this. We we've, we've posted one of our highlights from the weekend up, um, which we we didn't we didn't blitz uh, Jack from the Isle of Wight, um, and he tries he tries to throw it away, or so I'm told, um, and Jake dives on it and and takes it off his own shoelaces right off the grass um and it's a, it's a it's an athletic looking um pick but that was all down to the fact that jack didn't know what to do with the ball and ended up having to throw it away and that led to a, an interception
3: yeah i, I played in a new ola tournament at one of the spring ones they used to do a few years back and it was you know in my second odd season of a flag i think it was and First time I I came across against a defense that didn't blitz, like there's all of a sudden there's five guys sitting back there, and I'm like, uh, and I've still got you, still only got seven seconds to get rid of the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a decision in seven seconds, and it's just, you know, now we've got the plays that will beat that. Then everything was pretty much designed to get the ball out before the blitzer gets there, you know, get the ball in the receiver's hands, let them make moves. and, And this, this, it did throw me at first, but. Now, if you're not blitzing an experienced quarterback, you're going to get picked apart uh, mm-hmm. because the quarterback's got seven seconds to go find somebody. And, you know, if he's got smart receivers, they're going to keep
1: moving. You can't come this, with this is seven it. seconds. If you, it, it really does depend on who you're up against and how experienced they are and how smart they are, because... A, a, an ex- a smart and experienced offense will realize that there isn't a blitz on, and everyone will just be in tune. And all the receivers, without the quarterback even having to say anything, all the receivers will just know it's it's get open drill. Um And because he's got all the time in the world, just get open, he'll find you. Mm-hmm. Then you get situ- the the opposite side of that, of course, where it works in the defense's favor is if you are quite a young team or quite an experienced team, then they might just run their routes to the end of the route and not realize. And that's where the quarterback gets into some trouble. Um But I think it all just comes with, you know, it comes with experience, it comes with time, it comes with chemistry.
0: Hey, Rob, 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 what's your thoughts on blitzing and not blitzing as, as a new guy?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, I understand from what Lewis is saying there, you know, in terms of a strategic standpoint, if uh, particularly if you're trying to shut someone out, um, to maybe have a good start on the second half just to try and put pressure on someone, force them into, you know, force a QB into making a, a poor throw decision in five, six, seven seconds in. Um I think for me personally, although I see it from there, I think it's almost it's almost better to maybe always have to blitzer there anyway. I feel like if you always put him in that position where he's got a re- he's either he's got a release or he's on the move and he's he's making a throw outside of his comfort zone, I mean do what you can to try and push them out of that at the very least. Um, even if they do manage to pull something out the backside anyway, then fair play to them. Uh, but, you know what I mean, just put them on that pressure anyway. And like you said, like Lewis said, if, 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 in certain situations, I think it can be wise to drop off. Um, but but yeah, read and react, generally speaking.
0: So, let's look forward to week two. Uh, we're going to start with the NEC. So, Rob, we'll keep you on at this one. Cool. What What's going to be the, the game of, your, of the week for you guys, in your mind? Mm-hmm. Um, I uh,
2: mean, for us, uh, with us going up to play Longhorns and Blackhawks next, um, so I mean, for them, because of it being quite early doors for us, I think again, it, it's almost we've got to see what there is. I think actually, uh, Blackhawks is uh, again, the same as from what I've what they have told me before, that Blackhawks are going to be no joke and they're going to be a no doubt a pain in the backside to deal with mm-hmm. from center coming off and watching for their blitz flying down, um. It's, it's, that's going to be a tough time. I think, you know, it, it's going to be another one of those where if we get our scores in early, that'll set us up for the rest of the game. If not, we it, you know it's going to be back against the walls time going into the second half. Um, and then again, yeah, it's it long, we'll just to pick up what we can um, here and there. And then I think, see how, uh, see how the rest go from there. See if, uh, um, see how well, I think watching that for see how lead Samurai do as well. I'd uh, we'll be, uh, be curious to see how they fare up against Bears coming up uh, mid-June time. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's
3: uh, that's one that we're looking
2: forward to, I'd say.
0: Alan, what about your Week 2 games coming up?
3: Yeah, so, again, we've got the three fixtures going on with the, the Crows, the Scorpions and the Bucks playing. I think the Crows will have no problems uh, with those, those fixtures. Wigan, Oldham and Wirral, um, that could be quite competitive. Those games, uh, those, those three teams could actually uh, could put some points upon each other, and it could be quite interesting to see how those do. But we're hosting the second week, and you know the big game is the first game of the, se- uh, the first game of the, of the of the match day again. It's going to be Titans versus Warrington. Warrington are three and oh, We're two and O. We're the defending cha- uh, defending division champs. And you know we've got it all to prove, so uh, it's it's going to be a big game there. We've also got both sets of B teams facing off again, so we've got the Warrington Red Cogs and the Titans B playing there. Um, so that that should be a good good day. But um, the way the way I'm looking at it, the way I've been speaking to my players is we can pretty much decide the division um, on our first first day, first game there, and uh, that's it for the season. We can just coast it.
0: so you've got got your uh, titans versus titans b yeah the the real clash of manchester is uh Uh,
1: is that is that the first game of the day
3: first game for us is going to be warrington revs
1: oh okay oh yeah so that that's probably your division decider
3: yeah that's the way we look at it because you know we we only play those guys once we only play the crows once so Mm. Um, you know, I don't see us or Warrington dropping too many games this season, so winner takes all.
0: Let's move over to the SWC, what's the, what's the games of the day?
1: I think the the equivalent of that is going to be, uh, Sharks versus Reading, um, and by, I mean, by all predictions, the, the top three teams, uh, who I would have thought were in with a shout, um, at the beginning of the year would have been Chichester uh sharks reading devils and uh the western supers and now the western supers have already dropped two games and i don't see i, I mean i don't see chichester dropping a game all season to be honest uh and, but i think the team that could give them the biggest run for their money will be reading so that comes up in uh in week two um this i mean i i, I said it for week one i'll say it again for week two we've got we've got another division decider here um both teams uh both teams are um, undefeated at the minute. You know, they both went, both their first, uh, both won their first games. Um, so I don't see either of them uh, losing out to any of their future games. So this, you know, three becomes three became two last week, um, and I think this week decides how it might look. But uh, sort of, I guess, a a mid-table kind of clash will be an interesting one to keep an eye on will be um, Canesim Kings versus Cheltenham-Neptunes as well. Um, I'd be excited to see how that one pans out. Both new teams, um, both had uh, pretty mixed first days at the office. Um, You know, Cheltenham came out and put 48 on the division champs uh, and probably shocked quite a few people, um, but then didn't really have an answer to Chichester. Um, And likewise uh you know uh the the, um kings had a really good game against reading and held them within a score which is no easy feat uh and then ended up in a shootout against berkshire so uh both teams have had kind of a a mixed first day and i think um it'll be interesting to see how they kind of fare off against one another those are my so, two picks
0: just having a quick look at the sec scores uh matches coming up i don't know if, if it's been updated on the republic because it says that there's four games to be played on the fifth and then the rest of the games will be played on the 19th um and it is it, it's london basically you are playing on the fifth and then everyone um so london
1: rebels smoke button hookers oh did we already did it, did it get moved to week two because I remember there was a there was a schedule issue it was supposed to be week six um, and the the actual date clashed with Sport Wonder Bowl and all all three teams uh were supposed to be going or sending some people to Sport Wonder Bowl. so they asked if they could reschedule because it was all self-contained in one um in one date. Uh, there's just three of them so it didn't affect any of the other teams in the SEC did it get moved to week two really early in the season
0: I say it, it's 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 week 1.5 in a way <laughs> so the the rest of week two will be played on the 19th there we um, go we
1: did flex them to prime time mm-hmm. there,
0: so yeah so you've got the London Rebels versus the London Smoke uh, the Button Hookers versus the Rebels the Flash versus the Smoke and then the Button Hookers versus the Flash in, in one game day I don't know I mean, obviously, like there are only three teams there, so they're playing, uh, and then the four games on that one just straight through. That's a that's a decent game day to watch, and like like you said, with some of the other divisions where they they could be decided, I think be, there are a lot of games that could sort of like edge people. And I think I think there'll be a, a fair share of points in these ones thrown around, and like the game wins and stuff out. Like so I think. It will sort of spread them out amongst the top ones, but I don't think that we've decided yet. But then the, the Flash and the Rebels will also face off against each other later on in the month. Uh, I'm waiting for the, the Cougars-Cougars game, which I don't think that's this week. I think that's in a couple of weeks. But yeah, so I, the the big games on that one is basically the London versus London, which is the, the easiest way to look at that one.
1: I think week two we also get the start of uh the other divisions don't we i think hnc kicks off in week two and i think wales kicks off in week two
0: i know i know no. they're close to so those i think that's about right yeah
1: Obviously, i think it's i think it's the 19th when the rest of us go go play football not just london yeah um and i think wales and scotland join us as well
0: just trying to bring up my uh my, my dates on this one yeah 19th of june scotland play week one
3: and Wales kick off the same week as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we'll have another division. We'll have Dale back in with his amazing. I'm Aussie looking forward
1: <laughs> this this wind up potato. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what the Hurricanes can can produce because they've um I I'm, they've got a really big squad or so I'm told, um, and they've got a lot of people because obviously they don't take their full squad. To game days, so they have. So, so I'm told. Uh, t- let me know if any of this is rubbish. Um, so they, you know, they have a game day roster. And they say, you know, you're you're coming with us, and, and you're not kind of thing. Um, so this year they've uh, obviously entered two teams. Um, so I'm really interested t- to watch that. I don't know how they've split. Whether they've got their prem team and a, a development team, um, but I'm I've certainly got an eye on Cardiff Hurricanes too uh, to see what they. Uh, rookies and development all in inverted commas team um, put out and then of course Cardiff Bay Coyotes have got uh, a new new team to the to the league and Gwent have all of the teams in the world
0: so yeah I'll just look at the thing there it's got Gwent Trojans, Gwent Gators Orange, Gwent Great Gators Blue
1: it's uh it, I can tell you it, it's it's Gwent Gators, orange and blue and it's uh, mythatitdel Trojans under the guise of the Gwent Gators.
3: But it is another way of looking at it for this season is is rather than having a prem and a B team is, is actually split all your players up over the two teams and and just go out and compete um, as two separate teams and and see how I, you I, get on.
1: Gwent have done it really weirdly as well. I, this is this never would have occurred to me, and I'm not sure which way round it is. But basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with or, like orange. I think is their starting offensive players, and their defense is made up of like the the backup defensive players, and then the blues are made up of the starting defensive players mm-hmm. and the backup offensive players. Which I think is a really strange way to go about it. Um, but uh, yeah, well, more power to them. I think it's an interesting way to do it.
0: I mean that that one could be a good game when the blue plays the orange. Obviously, you're going to have the 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 Gators' top offensive players against the top defensive players, and then their backup offense against their backup defense. And I don't know if that's going to be the first uh, nil-nil draw we're going to see in this whole league. Yeah, so yeah, they they start on the nineteenth. They've also got a few games on the twentieth. They're splitting across two days. Uh, Gwent Gators and Cardiff Bay Coyotes will be doing the the hosting duties. So yeah, we'll have uh, Dale back on. Obviously, looking at the the HNC, let me quickly bring that one up. My my knowledge of the Scottish Football League is not very good, and this is why I leave it to to Bez and the HNC guys. but you've got Glasgow Hornets, obviously one of the top teams in, in the Scottish League, and they did have last season the, the West Lothian Chargers, where they did charge watch, hoping for them to get their first win. I'm not too sure if they got their first win last season, but they, they do face the Hornets
1: on... Oh, that's a baptism of fire. Sorry, West Lothian, that's my fault.
0: And, well, so, so West Lothian Chargers game day is 10 o'clock against the, uh, the Killer Bees, Eleven o'clock against the Hornets, prem team. Uh, Twelve o'clock. They they they're not playing. Uh, yeah, so basically they they play the Killer Bees, the Glasgow Hornets. Yeah,
1: they'll have um, and then go home. It's two yet, yeah.
0: and <laughs> contemplate football at, at that point. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you've also got the the the, the Hornets playing. Uh, sorry, the Hornets playing the Killer Bees that day, and the Oil Cats playing the Silver Cats that day. So it's it's like the Prem versus their B teams as well playing.
1: From what I've heard as well, I don't I don't know an awful lot about. Um what goes on between the two Glasgow teams, but from from conversations I've had with Mike and Aberdeen is that those All Cats, Silver Cats games are always pretty scrappy and, and always quite close. So would, that's certainly one to keep an eye on.
0: This is something we discussed before, when when you go to like the English, for one of a word like we're using at the moment, B teams, it's a case of, you have your Prem team and your Division One team, and they, they have Titans B, and they, or whatever the other ones is. I mean, the only one I can really think of that's different is the Warrington Revolution, where they've got the cogs, where it's a slightly different name. The Scottish teams have their B teams or development squads, but they take on a completely new logo, new kits, and things like that. And they, they go all out different. And it, it does seem like a very, very separate squad. So when you've got like the oil cats versus silver cats, you've got the hornets versus the killer bees. It's not like when you said before, where it's the Falcons versus the Falcons green, mm. where, you, where you train together and you know each other quite well as, as a team. They do seem to be split, and it's a case of this is just two teams that happen to be connected in a little way, but that's about it. They don't train together, they don't play against each other.
3: I think the Royal Cats do actually yeah. coach the Silver Cats, to my knowledge. Oh, they're character- I them. You I think
1: they, yeah, but I think you're right about Glasgow. I think they have like separate training times and
3: yeah i think that's more to do with numbers as well actually yeah. they've both got pretty it's decent sized kind of squads in there, 20 plus players so mm. absolutely oh that, that magic we, 20.
1: i think we'd be we'd be remiss as well to not mention dunfermline kings formerly carnegie, formerly um, carnegie yeah. and and yeah they always going to be uh competitive and they're always close um It'll be interesting to see. I I I I want them to really push Glasgow for being, you know, top of the top of the Scot, best in Scotland. You know.
3: Yeah, I think the Hornets are going to be the team to beat, or continue to be. But um, the, the Broncos, to me, are one of the best flag football teams in the country. When they're healthy, they can beat anybody. I mean, they, yeah. they really run a really good clever offense they work together well we've got some very good athletes and uh, they are really tough to beat
0: so hopefully we'll have a bit of uh i'll try and get somebody in for the hnc ready for the next game day and hopefully we haven't scared rob off and he'll be coming back for week two
2: no well it's, yeah so it's, we'll see whether well, uh, it's not been there too much of a shamble so it's all right we'll pick it up there uh, <laughs> the we, way is up for me
0: I, I i i have to, so Rudy, Rudy dropped you into a conversation with me in this one. This time I have to get you in this one. I've had to mute Rudy as he was constantly sending in images of like score sheets and lead tables and fixtures and results and everything. He was basically your stats guy in the background.
2: And it is—it's it's greatly appreciated. It was just uh, just bombarding into you being told all the same information at the same time, not necessarily, but it's all good. It's uh, it's all uh, it's all meant well. It's all meant well.
0: The guy that said he was too busy to turn up but then sat there for half an hour messaging you every bit of information you ever needed and not and not needed as well. But there we go, that's that's another week done. Uh, hopefully we'll have week two coming up soon. So guys, thank you once again for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Of course, and no
0: Hopefully we'll have another week in the 19th of June. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcasts. Give us a like to keep up with all our shows. Also check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies.